Hi, and welcome to another edition of Safety Talk. We've got a great conversation lined up for you today. We've got Adriana Carrera and Bob Gardner, and they're part of our safety network. So we're so lucky to have them with us today and sharing their knowledge. Have you signed up for our Safety Connect conference yet? If not, head on over to industryconnectsafety.com and register and we're giving away door prizes so sign up now and get involved so before we get started i wanted to invite you to share a little bit about yourselves to help our audience know your roles in the safety world adrian why did you kick that off yeah so um, my name is adriana carrera and i am a product management specialist at maggie globe and safety um, our company is uh, headquartered in Romeoville, Illinois. Um, I've been with the company for about 10 years now in various roles. Um, but as of recently, um, I have been a product management specialist overseeing our uh, focus categories of leather, of our M-Guard sleeves, and um, now our Maggot Cool product line, which is uh, all about body cooling solutions, which is really awesome. Thanks for having me on here. Uh, my name is Bob Gardner. I work with Abco Safety. We're out in Cincinnati, Ohio. I've been with Abco for about six years now. I started out in purchasing and uh, am now the operations manager. So uh, my role involvement with heat stress is I kind of get together all the training programs for our inside and outside sales guys. What I wanted to start off with first is understanding the different severity within heat risk. Yeah, so um, just to give a general understanding, so, you know, you have heat stress, which is, you know, just kind of the umbrella term for um, any heat onus, pretty much, um, but the different severities within heat uh, stress, um, so there's like f- about four different illnesses that we consider, so there's heat syncope, which is like any fainting episodes or dizziness, um, then you have heat cramps, um, which both of these uh, heat syncope and heat cramps are both kind of like a moderate um, of, of uh, severity. But then you go into heat exhaustion and heat exhaustion is fatigue, nausea, vomiting, um, headache, uh, disorientation. So anything like that. But then you get into heat stroke and heat stroke. That is a medical emergency. So heat stroke is definitely something to look out for. Um, it, it, it is when your core temperature is greater than about 105 degrees. And that's when you see an actual like physical collapse. Someone's having a seizure, inability to walk. There's hypertension, there's dizziness, vomiting. So um, a lot of these different uh, symptoms within heat stroke, but that is the medical emergency to look out for. Yeah, that's a great point. I think I would add to that. It's important to know the differences between these. So when you say like heat syncope, a lot of people might think that if you passed out that you're in heat stroke. Um, you know, it's understanding the different symptoms that are involved with each one of these illnesses that could really save somebody's life if that's, you know, if they really are in heat stroke or if they just had heat syncope. Um, you know, there's other, there's other things that happen too that many of you have probably experienced in your life, like heat rash. Um, you mm-hmm. know, if, you know, you just, your, your sweat ducts are obstructed and so it creates this rash on your skin. Um, there's all types of things that we've already experienced, but like you said, the two big ones are heat exhaustion and heat stroke. Those are the two that we're really uh, concerned about in the workplace. Yes, and also too, you don't, people don't necessarily realize or workers don't really necessarily realize that when you are, when someone is suffering a heat illness, this can also cause injuries on the job. So if someone faints, depending on where they are in their job site, that could be, that could pose a very dangerous risk. So there's not only just the heat illnesses, but there's also the injuries that can result from the heat illnesses. So that's just something else uh, to keep in mind for sure. 
Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think a lot of the injuries that you see probably are the secondary cause of heat stress. Like you said, you might have a crane operator who's just, you know, he's experiencing these heat stroke symptoms or heat exhaustion symptoms and he's dizzy or something. And that dizziness could, you know, have far, far more problems than the heat stroke itself. He could be operating a big piece of machinery. You could have a guy walking up, you know, up at heights. There's all types of things that could happen while you're experiencing these symptoms that could lead to, you know, the problems or even a death. Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the areas that I did want to chat about is how can we really be engaging our workforce management as well as supervisors in the process of being able to identify if somebody is at risk? That's a good question. I think one of the things to keep in mind right off the gate is, uh, everybody's different. You know, there's, there's certain groups of people who are at more risk than others. So just knowing which type of people are at more risk is, is very important. I know that, you know, age is a big factor, weight, diet, you know, everybody's mm-hmm. different. So just understanding that is a huge, you know, first step. Yes, um, agreed. So there's, there's definitely many different risk factors, just like you said, Bob, you know, there's, the obvious thing is, you know, the hot and humid environment. What what is the temperature? What is the microclimate of of the job site? Uh, there is, you know, what are the the heavy exertional activities that these uh, in, uh, workers are engaging in? You know, are they doing something that that is very rigorous? Um, are they taking any type of medication? Did they drink the night before? So there's all these different risk factors, but definitely something to keep in mind, um, you know, dehydration, underlying health conditions. Also something to definitely keep in mind is that anyone can be susceptible to heat stress. Anyone. Um, That's it, a good point. Yes, yes. Anyone is susceptible. Even you can have someone who is healthy, they appear healthy, uh, and that day can be the, the day that they pass out or the day that they are just more susceptible to heat stress. So definitely keeping in mind these uh, risk factors, but also making sure that there is uh, safety managers and coworkers and colleagues are paying attention to everyone around them and making sure that no one seems disoriented or because that's the very first thing is looking at the signs and the symptoms to get treatment right away and to save somebody's life. I love the point that you made about how anybody can, experience these symptoms because I think a lot of people especially in certain industries that we're familiar with kind of have that superhero mentality where it won't happen to me um I don't know if you've ever heard this but I remember reading a story last year about an NFL player uh he wasn't a current player but he played in the NFL he was only 32 years old he Mm -hmm. actually was out working in the yard and he died of heat stroke um so it's not like you you know you have to be this super out of shape person to get heat stress or heat stroke it could happen to somebody who's in you know, the best shape of their life. Correct. And I think the important thing is, you know, obviously safety managers are not going to go out and ask all of their employees, are you on medication or or, did you drink last night? Uh, But I believe definitely keeping all these things top of mind, you know, reminding their workers of the risk factors um, and continuously reminding them and emphasizing them about hydration, about preparation for heat stress. So if safety managers ahead of time know that there's going to be a heat wave, that this is the temperature for the week, they understand what the microclimate is of, of their plant or their environment, they can get ahead of, of, of the curve on this. So they can 
prepare their workers. Um, I'm sure safety managers have toolbox talks in the mornings with their with their employees, with their workers, letting them know what's happening throughout the day. So maybe in the mornings they can give these reminders. They can say, hey, it's going to be a hot day. Make sure you're hydrated. Make sure, you know, hydration is a process. Uh, it's not just when you're thirsty. If you're thirsty, that means you're hydrated. So, I mean, it means you're not hydrated. So, uh, making sure that they're taking the preparations the very first hours in the morning of, of their shift. Uh, if you're waiting later on in the day, uh, it's not going to be as effective. So, you want to make sure that they are prepared ahead of time and, and be proactive instead of reactionary. Because many times uh, people are very reactionary. So when they're thirsty, that's when they go to drink something. But if the safety manager already set something in place saying, hey, today is going to be a really hot day. Uh, let's uh, adjust our rest to work ratios. Uh, let's take some more breaks. We're going to making sure there's ice water nearby uh, the plant or where, wherever the, the workers are working um, and making sure that it's accessible. So all these things play a huge part in making sure that, that they're keeping their workers safe and keeping safety top of mind. Yeah. I don't know if, I think most people probably know about this, but there is a really cool app that OSHA and NIOSH put together. It's called the Heat Safety Tool. And it's a great tool for you know a worker, a manager to use. It basically gives you all these different you know, it kind of puts in like the heat index calculation and it gives you a warning level, like one through five of how at risk you are. And it's uh, it's a great app to use because it gives you recommendations. It gives you, you know, what to do in certain scenarios, how often you guys should, you know, take breaks and how much water they should be drinking. So if, uh, if you don't know of that, it's available on iPhone and Android. I'm sure we could put a link on it as well. But it's a super cool app, um, very relevant to what we're talking about. And it's, uh, you know, it's free. It's something that could save lives and, it's developed by OSHA and NIOSH, so you know it's a you know you know you can trust the data that's in there. That's really awesome. Um, we there's also another tool that can be used. Um, it's called a wet globe uh, temperature thermometer, and yep. that it actually measures. Um, it takes into a bunch of considerations um, of the environment. So you have the weather. How are the the weather app or you know the the weather man or person? You know, usually the way they're taking the temperature is like. 15 miles away, 20 feet up in the air. And so they're not getting an accurate reading of what your environment might feel like. So understanding what the weather is, but then also using a tool like this wet globe thermometer can really help uh, uh, take into consideration all the factors in that specific microclimate and in that specific environment. So it measures things such as wind speed, the temperature of the actual environment that you're in, uh, and, and just uh, and different other factors that come into play. So it gives more of an accurate reading of your environment because there may be also different areas of the plant that are hotter than others that may be affected differently. So just taking all these things into consideration is very important. Yeah, that wet bulb globe temperature, I think that's the most accurate. I think for some of the smaller businesses and companies out there that, that can't use that, the heat index would be a good viable alternative. Mm -hmm. But that is definitely the way to go if you can get that wet bulb globe temperature. Um, that's definitely a way to go. Yes, definitely. You know, I wanted to, to drill in a little bit more on this area about paying attention to both your site environment and the conditions of your site. And when we were talking in our, in our pre-planning discussion, you actually brought up a very important point about uh, looking at if you have specific areas that might be at risk for heat stress. Can you kind of expand on that? 
So there could be, so obviously you, you have the weather of the day, correct? So, but in many different, every different plant is, is different from each other. So there may be plants where they're just working in a hotter environment or they have hot machinery or equipment that they're using. So all these things are going to affect the environment that they're in and affect their risk factors. So, um, uh, compared to just only working outside, when you're outside, you're working in the sun, you're working in the heat. So that's that's one risk factor. But then if you're working inside of a plant, but you're working with hot materials, hot machinery, and it's 90 degrees outside and there's no air conditioner in the building, you know, all these things um, are really important to pay attention to. So th- that's kind of the things that we're talking about when we're saying considering your microclimate, your environment, um, where you're working. Um, so th- these are all the things that come into my mind when I think about this. Yeah. And I think too, even to add on to the environment, it's sometimes what the employee's wearing. You know, if they have yes. a bunch of equipment on, you have to account for that. And it's also what they're doing. You know, if you're sitting down all day and you're, you're, you're by shade, even though it's hot outside, you're not going to be as at risk as somebody who's exerting themselves all day. So Correct. it's just, you know, you have to pay attention to what they're doing, where they're doing it and how they're doing it. So you can't just look at one thing. Definitely. Um, bulky PPE is definitely another uh, factor into all of this. Like you said, heavy clothing, heavy PPE that they have to put on. Uh, that's why, you know, it's it's important to always seek out, you know, what it, what could be the lightest weight or, or most breathable or coolest thing for, for my employees to wear, especially in the summertime or especially if I know it's going to be hot. You know, what are some things that I can and can introduce and, and have uh, as far as like lightweight and cool PPE that can really, really help with heat stress? Yep, for sure. So, and that kind of brings us um, through to another area that we were discussing. Um, You know, we were talking about the importance of the workers also being aware of the real risks and dangers of heat stress. And I wanted you to share some different uh, methods to help our listeners work with their workforce to self-evaluate the risks of heat stress where they are working. Bob, could you start with that? Yeah, I think the one thing that I would say about self-evaluation is nobody should ever die of a heat stroke. Um, There's plenty of warning signs that your body's giving you that if you listen to them, you can avoid that altogether. So I'd say that's a big, you know, my most important point is understanding the symptoms and the signs so you never get to the point where you're in heat stroke. Um, And that just comes with training, comes with asking questions, comes with good management and safety programs. But ideally, if if the person knows the symptoms that are included with heat stroke and heat exhaustion, we should never get to the point of a a heat stroke. Um, You know, understanding the symptoms and then even more so understanding what to do when you start, you know, seeing these symptoms, you get dizzy, you get lightheaded, knowing exactly what to do and where to go and who to tell is, uh, you know, could, could be the difference between life and death with this you know, with the heat exhaustion. So I think that'd be my biggest thing is just understanding these signs, knowing that you have control and your body's trying to tell you, hey, I'm overheating. We need to do something about it. So. Yes, uh, totally. I agree with Bob. Um, it, it is definitely important to for safety managers and the, the workers to know what the risk factors are. But again, like I was stating earlier, uh, risk, it, 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 heat stress is uh, susceptible to anyone, any day. So keeping that in mind and keeping workers, making sure that they know that what the risk factors are, and then also understanding that heat stroke, it, it's not a progression. It's not like you get, uh, you know, heat exhaustion or 
uh, heat syncope first, and then it's heat stroke. You can literally get uh, go from being totally fine to getting a heat stroke instantaneously. So it's just making sure that everyone is aware of their surroundings, paying attention to their colleagues, paying attention to the, the workers on site. If they see someone who seems disoriented, if they see someone who uh, is is seems like they're dizzy or, or lightheaded or anything like that, getting them treatment as soon as possible is crucial, especially when it comes to heat stroke. Uh, within, I don't think many people know this, but uh, getting treatment for heat stroke within the first 30 minutes can be life or death for someone. And uh, it can also be, and if they don't die, it, it's, and if they, are, they do survive it, it can lead to uh, complications, health complications that are permanent, that can cause permanent damage to their organs uh, and things like that. So just definitely keeping that in mind. Um, some things that, that maybe safety managers can implement into their safety programs is, you know, keeping reminders. Um, they can have, you know, reminder posters, like Bob was saying, uh, of course it goes with educating and training. Uh, the other thing is um, make, making sure and appointing people saying, hey, look out for your partner, you know, look out for your colleague when you guys are working, it's gonna be a really hot day. Uh, uh, enforcing regular break periods, because sometimes, you know, the worker is not, going to, they're going to work as long as they can. They're not going to, many times they're not going to go to their safety manager or feel comfortable and say, Hey, you know what? I actually need a break. I'm, I'm feeling very fatigued right now. So if it's coming from the safety manager or, or management or uh, the leadership team uh, down, then it, it enforces that, that safety precaution and that preparation so that everyone's on the same page and everyone's prepared to handle uh, heat stress and, and any hot day that may come. Yeah, I think a good point that you just brought up there was having those mandated breaks. I read that OSHA said that the majority of these illnesses and deaths that occur is on the people's first day or first week on the job. So they're yes. not acclimated to the heat yet. They're not ready for this. They don't know what's coming yet. So they're going to they're gonna try to impress you, and they want to keep working and work through it. Um, you know, they're not going to want to be the one guy to raise their hand for a break. So having these mandatory breaks is, is absolutely crucial, especially when you have new workers on the job. Yes, and it's not even just new workers. It could be someone who was sick that was out for a few days or who went on vacation for a week and came back. So you definitely want to acclimate workers to the heat and keep that in mind as people either are new or re returning to the, the job site or they're starting a new task. So if they're starting a brand new task that they're not used to working in the heat, that is also something to pay attention to and get them acclimated to. So I'm curious, would you guys have any um, tools or products that could actually help our listeners um, creating an environment where, like you were talking about um, taking breaks or cooling off, what are some methods that could be used in order to, to, do, to do these things? Well, um, tying back to that app I talked about, that, that does kind of give you, it gives you the ability to put in timed breaks, to put in, you know, mandatory drinking breaks and making sure everything's in order on that way. But there's also tons of PPE available for the cooling and it's getting better and better every year. I don't know if you've ever had one of those cooling towels, but those things are lifesavers. Uh, you get them wet and you kind of snap them. Um, and they keep you cool for a while. The another good thing is wear loose fitting clothing. Don't wear you know, the lighter the better. That dry fit material or that bird's knit material is the best. Um, sunshades, putting things on over your head to make sure you're keeping the sun out of your face. That's huge. Sunglasses, sunscreen. You know, all that stuff's available through us, but it's all things that the 
the managers really should be providing for their employees. Correct. So um, definitely, um, I, 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 can, I can speak for, for Maggot in the sense that we definitely do have resources available uh, to help safety managers. Um, so we have content such as, you know, downloadable posters and trainings that they can send out to their workers. And I believe in videos um, that can help uh, educate and, and keep safety, heat, heat stress safety top of mind. I believe if you Google uh, Maggot Summer of Heat, um, you can find that resource there. But also, um, we also have body cooling solutions, just like uh, Bob, what you mentioned, the cooling towels and the cooling gaiters, bandanas, all that. We, we, we have that available for um, our customers or for any workers out there that, that may need a cooling solution. And uh, 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 body cooling solutions, um, something to note about them is that you know it comes to a point where there's only so much you can do. Uh, so you can implement emphasize hydration. Um, you can, uh, you know, take more breaks throughout the day. You know, you can implement all these things as a safety manager to your team. But at the end of the day, your workers still need to get through a hot day. They still need to accomplish their tasks. They still need to do what they have to do during a hot day. So what can make workers more productive in the heat? Uh, so uh, a, a body cooling solutions provide that improvement in productivity. So as much, uh, something that is, is really neat to know is when you have, when more of the skin surface is covered in, in something that's cool, it's going to keep their body core temperature down. It's going to keep their body cool. So if something like a cooling towel that can last for hours, um, that you just wet it, ring it, snap it, and it, 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 it gets, it's something that's portable, it's instantaneously cool, and can, can get put on them right away, um, is really, really important and a great uh, PPE to add to your, uh, your inventory and, and add, add to your work uh, safety program. Yeah, I think what you said there is perfect because all this heat stress is, is it's your, your body's inability to regulate temperature, right? Yes. So everything correct. that you can give your employees that's going to help regulate temperature, do it. You know, it's, it's very small cost to pay for a cooling towel and a proper fitting shirt and proper material shirt, um, you know, to, to not have your employees go through this heat stress. It's just, it's a no brainer in my opinion. It's available to help regulate your temperature. If you're out in a hot environment, you should definitely be using this stuff. Definitely. And there's also cooling vests, and there's um, isn't there something that um you can put like on a helmet that goes yep. um yep. to shade the neck and areas? Yes. So yeah, they have neck uh, shades. Oh, go ahead, Bob. Yeah, yeah I say they have neck shades. They have like brow guards, so you could put a, you could like wet and uh, it's like a little piece of material, and it goes around your forehead, and then you can put your hard hat on over top of that. Um, they have actually like cooling towels that fit inside your hard hat as well, so. And I'm sure yeah, you, so, you have other options. Yep. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I, I know of uh, Maggot, we offer uh, gaiters that you can um, you basically kind of manipulate it so you can wear it 12 different ways. Um, and there's also um, skull caps that you could put underneath or like a hard hat liner. Basically, you could put underneath your hard hat uh, if, you, if you're wearing a hard hat that could keep you keep you cool. Um, so there's different ways. Um, I, I do know about this, the vest, though, and something to keep in mind with the cooling vest is a lot of times they have these um, uh, they have to be kept like frozen and you take them out and you, you wear them. But then in like 30 minutes, an hour, they're already warm. You know, they, they, they only last for a specific amount of time. So definitely keep in mind how you'll be using that. So if you're in a place that the environment is controlled and like, um, 
then that, that may be something to consider. But if you're out working somewhere remote, that probably won't be the best option. So mm-hmm. uh, other body cooling solutions can and can be a more of a benefit. So just keeping all these things in mind. So it's not about just having one solution. There, we have to kind of have um, a f- several different things kind of in that worker toolkit. And, Correct. And that also, you know, um, that goes into um, bringing awareness to the worker themselves that, like, just because you have that cooling vest on when you go out, here is the limitations of that PPE and now other ways of self-guarding you and and then knowing the signs when that um, that vest is no longer being effective, I would say, too, eh? Yes, correct. And the, the neat thing is, you know, technology, like Bob was saying, is getting better and better. So uh, with our cooling towels, you can just reactivate them with water and, and just in air, basically. And it reactivates the cooling technology right away. So you never have to uh, be without anything that's that's cooling so something you know technology is getting so amazing with fabrics and so we're, we're seeing how this instantaneous uh, cooling PPE is keeping people cool uh, and and helping workers uh, productivity throughout the day so that kind of goes back to what you were talking about you know paying attention to your site environment and the conditions of the site and um, the different specific areas that people might be working where they could get heat stress, and then providing the PPE that'll really kind of best suit that specific area. And so a cooling vest may not be for every situation. Mm -hmm. Hydration is a very important thing you were talking about in order to bring down the temperature and, and keep our fluids going. Do you have any products in what you provide that could help with that? I think um, the biggest one that we have is Squincher. So Squincher mm-hmm, produces, um, <laughs> yep, they produce a lot of the hydration drinks for the industrial environment. Um, they've really good, they've gotten a lot better with the options too, providing sugar-free options for the people who have diabetes and mm-hmm. um, coming up with clear liquids instead of using all the food colorings in it. But Squincher is a great, great product to use if you have guys working out in the heat. Um, it replaces the electrolytes. It's not too sugary, not too salty. Um, it's, they, I mean, that's what they do. They, they make drinks to keep people safe when they're working out in heat, when they're doing, you know, construction work or whatnot. They're, they're not making these for sports. They're making these for people out there working in the heat. Mm-hmm. Correct. Same. Um, we, we work with Squincher as well. And in regards to hydration, uh, making sure that your workers are replenishing their ele- uh, electrolytes, um, that they have electrolyte solutions and replenishing fluids is very, very important. So not just only having water, but uh, because workers are doing rigorous tasks throughout the day in the heat, they need to replenish uh, quickly. And so having electrolyte solutions um, is, is one, is going to be better for their body. Two, it's something that's uh, many times a lot of them are flavored, so it's going to taste better. And if it's cold, they'll, they will chug it down. So definitely having that available is great. And the other cool thing about Squincher is they have so many options. So mm-hmm. you can get the powder to put it in a cooler. They have the yep. single little, I don't even know what they call them, I think the quick sticks. And they have the fast packs that you just empty water into. So they have options for whatever you need. It's not not like you have to have a cooler on site or, you know, you could even have a bottle of water and they have those little single surf sticks that you could pour into it. So, you know, they have an option for everything. And people can get these things through you guys? Mm-hmm. 
Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay, great. Because we're going to put your um, website on the um, episode profile page so that people can reach out and connect with you on this. This is excellent. Thank you so much. But before we go, I wanted to ask, did you guys have any last thoughts that you wanted to leave the audience with or ideas? I would just say for me, just keep it top of mind. I mean, like I said, I think a lot of people think that heat stress or heat exhaustion won't happen to them, um, but it could happen to anybody. So keep it top of mind. It's something very simple that you could uh, prevent, you know, an accident or a death, a fatality, whatever, but it's something that you need to have a discussion with your employees. It's very important. It doesn't take much time. You know, we all think it's common sense, but you got to have these talks with your employees and it could save a life. Agreed. Um, So definitely it's understanding that this is 100% preventable and it's 100% survivable. So like uh, I agree with everything that Bob just said. And also, you know, this is so such an important issue for Maggie that we are actually uh, partnering uh, with uh, two companies, two organizations, a textile engineering company called Mission, which we actually use their technology in our body cooling solution products for Magnet Cool. Um, and we're partnering with uh, the Corey Stringer Institute, um, who they provide research, education, advocacy, and cons- consultation to maximize performance and optimize safety to prevent sudden death for the athlete, warfighter, and laborer. And what's really great about um, this partnership that we're all creating is specifically with KSI, there is a um, heat expert on exertional heat stroke and illness, and his name is Dr. Douglas Casa. And so we've had the honor and privilege of listening to him speak, of working with him directly. Uh, and he is basically, he's the guy that is called for the to be an expert witness in industrial workplace heat illness cases. Um, he has treated over 300 cases of exertional heat stroke, and he's published over 250 peer-reviewed writings, and he has presented on the subject matter hundreds and hundreds of times. And his, his life story is very amazing because he himself has uh, experienced heat stroke and he survived it. And he survived it because of the people that knew the signs and knew what to do and how to, how to treat uh, heat stress. So uh, he's alive to this day because of that and the whole trajectory of his life changed. And now this is his life's passion and career. So we have the honor and privilege of working with him with mission um, to fight, to create uh, the first, um, an industrial uh, national heat safety council to develop an industrial heat stress protocol to provide education and innovation solutions to Im- to eliminate heat related illnesses uh, and any resulting injuries in the workplace. So, so this is something off. This is something that we're kicking off this year, and we're really really excited about. Um, and so that's something to look forward to and to, to see that what we that's something that will, that will be coming soon. So thank you so much, and I appreciate the opportunity to to speak today. Oh, that's amazing. Well, thank you both for joining us today. This has been awesome. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Uh, yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Safety Talks. That was an amazing conversation. We're going to have all those resources posted on our episode page, and you can find that at safepedia.com under the podcast menu. Have you signed up for our Safety Connect Virtual Conference Expo yet? It's happening October 2020. We're giving out door prizes to those who register for our attendees early. So we just had two winners last week while we had a conference pre-workshop for everybody. 
and two people were winners of our VIP package. So that was awesome. Congratulations to Crystal and David for that. So head on over to industryconnectsafety.com and sign up now. And you too could win a door prize. Until next week, stay safe.